Yeah, but like I just I just made carbon fiber. I know. I'm I'm keeping up with your thing. I'm, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know about. <laughs> I made. <laughs> I know about it. I know about it. I made carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? Okay, Karnak, what is it? You posted about it on social no, media. No, this is my. That was a test print. That was the twenty millimeter uh-huh. standard box. Even the base box. looks cool. It's it, mm, space money. It is. I made chain mail. Mm-hmm. I did a quick build, low quality. Hey everybody, welcome back to the program. <clears throat> we um we we can't have all of our horsing around that we normally do because we have a. If I could say John, oh hello John. <laughs> hello Merlin. <laughs> I don't want to be roped into your weird uh, awkward intros that you've been doing for the past. What kind of intro half. would you like to be roped into? Uh, is that something you talked to a therapist about? Okay. Um, and we got a, we got a, we got a lot to get to. Welcome back to the program. Now the funny thing is, I have a uh, I have a hang up about asking people for money. Uh, and until I, I felt like I really needed it, I, I rarely would ask people for money. Now I ask people for money all the time because I need money. Uh, this is that time of year that when we're going to ask you, our friends, for money on behalf of somebody else. And I don't want to make a big deal about it. As far as I know, we don't get any of the money from this. Is, is that right, John, this charitable <laughs> thing we're this doing? It's an interesting way to start a charity drive. But no, we do not get any of the money. We talked about it last year, too. And I think you were equally evasive about it. I was I was straightforward <laughs> a little your question directly. About it. No, I think you said something like, "What are you talking about?" Which I consider evasive. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's the time of year where, uh, along with the rest of our our uh, our pals here at Relay FM, we uh, do the best to raise money for. Give me the full name: St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital. It's not. It's not possessive. I believe it is singular. It is S T period J U D E. Space St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I don't like. I don't care for that at all. Now it's two strikes. And what do yeah. you remember off the dome? What what uh, the late Jude is uh, the patron saint of? Uh, don't look. Don't look it up. You've got to do it off the dome. Ooh. I was going to say lost items, but yep. it's not lost. Items. You're very close. It does not create a bailment. I think it's lost causes. I'm not sure. Uh, and uh, so uh, John's going to talk about this in a second. Um, but first of all, please, if you would consider going to stjude.org/relay. And you'll have an opportunity to participate in some stuff we're doing here. And um, I don't want to go on about this like I usually do. I don't want to get all emo about it like I usually do. But uh, this is a good charity. I give my own personal monies uh, to this. Um, and it's, it's a cause and a place I believe in for just normal American civic reasons and for some personal reasons. Because I happen to know people who have had uh, has had St. She'd step in and really help them out in a tough spot. So, so what are we talking about here? We're talking about Danny Thomas, arguably the creator of the spit take. We, oh, it's the time for our annual spit take, uh, John. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. I remember you talked about this in the past. I don't remember who we have actually established that uh, that he is arguably the creator. I think of the he spit at least take. popularized it. Mm, I mean, it's kind of right. like you know, um, you know, Elvis of course didn't write Hound Dog. But he yeah. danced. He danced to it, and a lot yeah. of people seem to like that. You want you want to do a quick one here? Was it a quick he's, spit take? He's a hero to some. Yes, yes, but never meant anything to me. Straight mm-hmm. out racist. Good, that mother was save. simple and plain. Mother heck him and John Wayne because I'm black and I'm proud and I'm high plus I'm am. Most of my heroes don't appear on those stamps. You really want to go up against me? Is that what you're telling me? I see. I, I wish I could validate those. Elvis, it was all so close. <laughs> You want to see me dance like Rosie Perez? <laughs> I'm just going to assume you got them all right, except for the swear words that you carefully removed. I I didn't carefully. I think I very I think I very eloquently elided them. You don't like carefully? I think carefully is fine. I carefully is okay, but I got flow. And when you're when you're doing, mm. as you know, as the hip hop yay yourself, 
You know how important it is to keep that flow flowing. Oh, I have some. I guess I have some things to say about flow, but well, after the after the same. Is that the progressive insurance lady? No. Okay. Uh, and what else was I going to say before you interrupted me? Oh yeah, we were talking about uh, my chain mail, right? Did I, did I mention that on the regular part of the show that I have you carbon did not. fiber? That's not going to be in the show. Don't. It is me. now. Nope. <clears throat> um, you know, in the pre-flight, John gives me a lot of direction about the the constraints under which I will be guided for the next however long he feels like. Just I sure me try. I sure try. <laughs> Saint Jude, don't make it bad. You go to Saint Jude. I'm sorry, we can't afford that. Take that back. Saintjude.org <laughs> slash we can't it's also fair can't, use. We can't it's, fair no, use. it's not fair. It's not fair at all. We can't sing Mull of Kintyre. We can't sing silly love songs. We can't do any of those. Saintjude.org slash relay. And um oh I see I lost the thread a little bit, John. What was we talking about before you interrupted me with the Saint Jude stuff? I think you've covered most of it. I'll I'll fill in some oh, more we're details. We're rapping. You gotta keep your flow. That's yeah, what we're talking right, about. Did I you write that details, down? So so Relay has been doing these uh, St. Jude pledge drives for uh, five years now, and uh, the Relay FM community of listeners and hosts uh, have collectively raised over $2 million so far. I think the goal this year is to cross $2.5 million. so oh, please help us uh, try to reach that John's goal. not going to say it because he wants you to think he's Squidward. But also the ATP guys and some other shows have kicked in with this, and I feel like you guys and your crazy ass listeners end up raising a lot of that and it's fun to watch yeah, i was the top donor for a little while but then i got beat Didn't out have like know? an eleven thousand dollar boy you had the agile bits guys and then what was what's the biggest one you guys have had to date where somebody wanted to just make casey do a i think it was dance. one password donated some agile huge bits, amount yeah. last year maybe they'll do the same thing this year because the pledge drive is, is not even half over i think so we got plenty of time okay and but it um tell them a little bit about saint jude and why we why we're so enthusiastic about it like legit please yeah, so uh, obviously they they help uh, kids with cancer. Uh, they're they are a research hospital, so if if you have a kid with cancer, they will treat that kid and uh, try to save that child's life. Uh, and they will also help the families uh, that have that child. Uh, and this may sound strange to people who live in other places in the world. Where here we go? It, yes, I know. Well, you have to say it because people think, "What? Why would I give money no, to this you, hospital?" You have they're, to say it. You have yeah. to say it. It's yeah, very why would I give money to this hospital? They're just doing things that hospitals do. But in our country, uh, mm. medical bankruptcy is tell a me thing. parking's free everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> medical bankruptcy is a thing. It's where you have someone in your family has some a medical problem, and the costs of treating it bankrupt your family, which is terrible. Um, but in St. Jude, you know, calling uh, they, an, you know what calling an ambulance costs? Yeah, I know. Thousands I think it's like 10 grand. It's ridiculous. Um, but what St. Jude does is they treat children with cancer and they do not give, uh, the families a bill at all. For I heard they don't even have cash registers. Yeah, no, the, the families will never receive a bill. And in mm-hmm. fact, they will also fly those families out there, pay to transportation, them, uh, housing, up. food. Yeah. And like, but like, it's. It's also that think about this. I mean, kids come in sets of more than one sometimes. And what what do you have to give up to go be in another state to watch your kid hopefully get a treatment that'll help? Well, the family can come and they can be together and they get a little place. And yeah, and they don't get bankrupted. So the whole family true. doesn't get destroyed by this child's illness. Mm. It's just it's you know anyway, so so there's that. But they're also a research hospital. So they're trying to find new ways to cure childhood cancer. Uh when they started 
Uh, St. Jude started way back in the 60s with uh, Mr. Spit Take guy. Oh, that, that's uh, what we're going to do. You're gonna, we'll do that. We'll celebrate this yeah, yeah. Uh, with the Spit yeah. Take in a minute. Uh, and at that time, I believe the survival rate for childhood cancer was like 20%. And today it is 80%, partially due to the research that St. Jude's uh, Children's Research Hospital has done. And they share that research with the world. So even if you don't live in the U.S., even if you have universal health care and don't have to pay for your cancer treatment, Giving to St. Jude helps them learn to better battle childhood cancer, and that information is shared with the entire world. Um, so please, uh, this is we'll be talking about this this whole month of September. If you can, please give the URL once again, and I will spell it out because people might think the saint is spelled out, but it's not. It's S-T-J-U-D-E dot O-R-G slash R-E-L-A-Y, stjude.org slash relay. Please give if you can. So do like a fun voice, almost like a Edith Bunker voice, and say and say something. I want you to do it in a real voice. Though. Say, honey, I ran over your golf clubs. Oh, Archie. I can't do it. No, you're good. No, 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 no. Lean into it. Honey, I ran over your golf clubs. Honey, I ran over your golf clubs. You ran over it. <laughs> oh, you didn't have no, your heart in that. that, I, was, that was, I, didn't, I didn't write it well enough. That was a shame. You, you have brought shame on the Danny Thomas legacy with that feeble spit Okay, tape. pop quiz, hot shot. Who's his daughter? Uh, uh, third base. Yep. Mm-hmm. How low can you go? Death row. What a brother. Now, once again, back. Uh, Marlo Thomas. Oh, all right. So now we can talk about flow. So uh, I listened and to also, a pod- and then also, and then also, what is the name of the TV program that Danny Thomas did in the fifties, where where he literally pioneered the American notion of the spit tick? What's the name of the show? Nothing. I got nothing. Make room for daddy. Yeah. That's the name of the show, John. The name of the show was "Make Room for Daddy." Yeah, yeah. No, they got away with a lot. They got away with a lot back then because it was it was uh, a more innocent time, but also not a more innocent time. But like, no, no matter who says that, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. No, it's bad. It's bad. Real bad. Um, flow. Yeah, I listened to a podcast called Your Daily Lex, where Lex Friedman uh, talks about whatever's on his mind for like five minutes, mm-hmm. uh, supposedly every day, with uh, month and year long breaks in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has decided, he decided uh, recently to do uh, one episode where he just did freestyle rapping the entire episode. And then he's thinking of doing that every Friday. Um, if you would like to sort of calibrate your flow barometer, it'd be interesting for you to listen to one of those episodes. <laughs> and, right. and I'm not going to tell you uh, which end of the spectrum you this uh, these podcasts will allow you to calibrate your uh, flow barometer, but I think it will be a useful tool. I'll put a link in the show notes. If Boy, I... that was a very confusing thing for a person to say. What, mm. what do you want me to do? You so you Listen want me to, to a go podcast in podcast where Lex Friedman does? I know. I understand. Rapping. I know who Lex is, John. You don't need to explain right. the universe to bake a cake. No, not that one. The other one. No, stop it! Don't talk about <laughs> that. We don't amplify that. <sighs> Ugh. Um, um. It sounds like what you're saying is I should listen to Lex rapping on Fridays, and that that will give me a sense of how. Uh, in in relationship proportionally, is my rapping good compared to a Lex rap? Is that, yeah, is that so it? Let, if you if there was a meter that measured how good flow is, you can. You trying to tell me podcast. I'm a bad rapper? Is that what you're you doing? can use his podcast to calibrate oh. your meter, and then once your meter is calibrated, is you can point good? it yourself. I'm really surprised. I mean, he's a, you got a beautiful, beautiful milk and I didn't honey. Say which end of the spectrum? It would be so much podcast. more helpful to me if you would. I think probably it's on the the opposite yes. of good end. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. is there really a good end? Well, you just know, a, just a, a well dialogue, dialogue having dialogue. flow versus yes. not having it. Uh huh. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you have more of it than Lex by a large amount, even though you are both old white dudes. I wrote it all out before we started. 
Yeah. Well, okay, let me fine. let me I'll freestyle one for you. <clears throat> My name is Merlin. And, oh no. And I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to <clears throat> Alright, take it all back. So <laughs> I can't stay mad at you. Mm-hmm. Son of a what, why can't we why can't we have cusses on here? I would like did. it if we cussed. Yeah, but like you know, Jim will probably have to we, cut it. We want the kids Michael to go, be able Michael to go, listen. Oh, what's all this then? This is not a European equivalence needs. You can't have cussing on your show, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You ever notice he talks like that? Yeah. Oi! <laughs> now in the streets there is violence. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, your services, even the very content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. Uh, for one thing, you can make, uh, make the most out of Fluid Engine. Fluid Engine. Squarespace's next-generation website design system to unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. That's, you know, you start with a best-in-class website template and you customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop and mobile. Stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine. I like the sound of that. Yeah, you, you can sell your products in an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. Your customers get flexible payment options. How about this? Make checkout seamless for your customers. You get simple but powerful payment tools. Accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. And you can offer your customers the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. I'm a big fan of Squarespace. Uh, they host the Roderick on the Line website, and, and I, I, they get my official okie-dokie. So do me a favor. Go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. It's going to get you a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you go to squarespace.com slash diffs and use that offer code diffs. 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash diffs offer code diffs. And when you decide to sign up, you get 10% off your first purchase of a website domain. Nothing wrong with that. Show your support for John Syracuse and get yourself some Squarespace. D-I-F-F-S. A thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. <clears throat> John. There's a segment that you well, even there's a, there's a segment that you pioneered in uh, the year 2011 called follow up, and that's the thing we do on this show with your kind permission. For now, um, what do we have this week for follow up? Uh, first item, my tile guy. <laughs> I, I didn't see this. You just added this. Yeah, that's a quickie. Oh, good, uh, good, good. No, 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 no. I'm just excited. I was like, no. Yeah. Mm, no painting tile guys. Yeah. Tile guy ghosted me. Oh come on. no! Really? Yep. You mean uh, like like in the sense the like of as in like nothing? Calls unanswered, voicemail unanswered, email unanswered. Text I thought you unanswered. developed a rapport. No. So uh, there's that. And uh, now I have to go. I remember this was the best of all the how guys who responded to me at <sighs> all. So I'm kind of back to square one. Just wanted to update on that. God, that's not funny. No, that's life. That's just life. Well, you should hear outside. They're really they're getting crazy out here. You know how Ben Burt in, invented that thing where you, you tap you tap a guy wire with, yeah. with a hammer and it makes the um like an X wing well X wing probably right X wing laser blast yeah but like a yeah yeah the spaceship blasting sound yeah they do that outside the the place where I, my office is now it goes pew pew yeah, it's kind pew, of cool they call it the pew pew machine 
Yes, please capture that. And <laughs> is that P-E-W dash P-E-W? That is correct. Pew, pew. Um, and uh, I just think about just think about all those brave warriors, those people who fought in the Clone Wars. Imagine the PTSD they must get when the, when the road starts sounding like Ben Burt. Yeah, heroes, on, heroes on both sides. Yeah, war. <laughs> what is it good for? Not this, not this opening crawl. Say it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I do. I, I, I concatenate that because my version I do is war. There are heroes on both sides. I know there's a couple sentences in between. Yeah, yeah. It gets but, um, did you know? I don't know. Do you, do you follow Billy on Letterboxd? You should. I, I give you so, permission. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because we've been doing a big tear. Well, the, the general tear has been um, Harrison Ford, but the specific tear has been just Star Wars in order. And um, release order? Um, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We, <laughs> okay. 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 Well, okay, I think order. No, we did. We did. And I don't, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to call the website the wrong name. And I'm not going to call my favorite movie the wrong name. You already did. You already did call the website the wrong name. Didn't you? Maybe I just hear the wrong one now. Mm. <laughs> That's the catchphrase in our house. Outtakes from Frank Oz. I'm not scared. I'm not, I'm not scared. You will. You will. Anyways. That was, um, that was the AT&T commercial with you. Uh, <laughs> ever wanted to receive papers from a machine? <laughs> Hear, hear the voice of a loved one on the line, you will. Mm. <laughs> and he eats his food. I love when he eats his food. Uh, we want 77, 79, 83. We did, we kind of, we did a little gloss on. 79, please. 80. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. And um, we, I, I'm trying to remember. I, okay, we definitely watched uh, Sith because that's. I know there's there's controversy and there's meta controversy and I'm not going to get engaged in it, but that's the best of those because here's why: you watch that opening, you watch the opening, you see the ships, you see you see the. Uh, why do they never give R two D two any kind of coverage? Why is he always just out in space? It's really unseemly. Mm-hmm. But but I think, and then you get those cool droids, those badass droids on the wings, like who mm-hmm. are trying to like and I and I uh, if they're not on. Oh yeah, I guess they are. They're on the anyway go on yeah i don't know if they're deployed in the battle x billy figured out last week why they're called x-wing fighters another like uh the beatles wait a minute I say, here's what you got to come back to, to billy with now you got to say why are they called s foils or h fighters s the letter s as in sam s foils uh s are those the wings what, on an x-wing fighter are called right. s foils i believe I think foil is an aeronautics term. And then are they, are they called Y-wings? Is that the one, the main team that goes in? The Porkinses and all of them? Are those Y-wings? Is that what they're called? Uh, there are Y-wings. Y-wings is that what no, no. Because like his, here's the thing. Is that wasn't Luke and his group, they were just defense. They were just supposed to protect their main guys. Then the main guys got blown away. And they had, I know spo- there's a spoilers here. I, I don't guess. think, I'm not sure. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to watch the, anyway, uh, anyway, the it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't ready matter. Ready room scene. I think out. the opening of the movie uh, what is it? Uh, reta- the Sith, re- retaining yes. the Sith, and, and the way that looks in outer space. And do you remember the drums? Remember that music? The music is really good. Sure, it's great. But then there's a whole movie after it that's not. I think in George Lucas's pointy little head, I think that is what he wants the movies to look like. I think he achieved what he wanted 
in that opening scene. And I'm not saying anything, one thing is connected to another, but that's why he goes around and he dithers around. Okay, and we also watched, I think I told you this offline, but we also watched 4K77. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, it, mostly me, but even Billy, like the whole time I'm like, wait a minute, you thought that land speeder didn't look cool enough? You, you, you redid the land speeder? Like you, you thought like what, the cantina didn't look cool enough? You, I mean, there's over and over, there's just so many things where you're like, and when you pull up 4K, sorry, 4K77, have I talked about it here before? I probably have. I'm sure you have, but you can say again. It's one of the, one of the restorations of the 1979 Star Wars movie that, I, they're, they're so similar, and but different. There's, there's a Harmony's despecialized, there's semi-specialized, 4K77, silver screen, 16 millimeter preservation, 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter. Um, anyways, it's all in some sense trying to say, hey, look, you know, George can make whatever he wants. I'm happy, but like, let me just see what this thing looked like on a big screen. You know, it comes up, you got the green Lucasfilm letters and you're like, oh God, I'm home. Chewie, we're home, I like to say. But uh, it looked so freaking good. And then what was my other point about this? Pew, pew, pew was, uh, what I forgot what I was, was going to tell you. It had to do with Star Wars. We've been watching those. Oh yeah, and then of course we got to the other ones. We got to the other ones. And Last Jedi? No, the, what's the first one called? Uh, Force Awakens. It's good. It's good. Yes, it is. It's very good. It's the best one. Of the three? Yes. You like it better than... Well, two... The problem is two has a high ceiling and a low floor. I yeah, don't as, love as the As you princess, said on your other program, the princess had a tough job. Kite. He had a very tough job. Yeah, I said that on the letterbox D. Um, he had a very... I mean, can you imagine somebody handing that to him and being like, okay, JG went nuts. He basically... I don't know. I don't want to be unkind. J.J. Abrams is an extremely talented guy, but like he kind of redid the 77 movie with like, there's so many that are beyond rhymes or echoes, you know, of the first movie. I know, but he, but importantly, he also made sure his movie was actually a good movie. Even if you had never seen the original, that was the important I thing. I guess. Yeah, he did. I, I just think Ryan Johnson did a pretty good job with the hand. He did, he except dealt. for except for the Casino Planet subthread. That is what get what it gets. Oh, you didn't for. like those creatures? No, the Casino Planet subthread. Oh, I like the creatures. Nope. What about Big what nope. about the uh, what about the space horses? Nope. And if you're the... gonna escape with the space horse, don't feel like you need to stay on the literal track. It's okay. Mm-hmm. They don't cut across until way too late. It's really dumb. What about the kid with the the space broom? Did you like that kid? That's fine. I like that. I like that. Um, you know what I love in the in the third one is those little guys. <laughs> little guys who are like mechanics yeah just maybe just watch that scene and then not watch oh the my god they're the so cute you know what i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you something y'all y'all take your headphones off that's not a good movie that is super no. not that no. is super no. not a good movie it's it a game attempt isn't. by everybody involved but it's not just script story problems script problems. i don't know I, I assume billy got this from a meme on tiktok but every time kylo ren appears on screen he just it, it very like kind of dolefully like ruefully goes Orphan by choice. I'm like, yeah, I hear that. Mm-hmm. You know? So you know, when I was in the South, you'd say things like, <laughs> Southern by birth, orphan by choice. Orphan by choice. I don't like that guy, and I really hate when he takes his shirt off. That is not okay. But I think, you know, I like what happens with, you know, I heard she made almost $8,000 for those movies. Oh. Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They paid her in, uh, they paid her in space script. Mm-hmm. Quarter portion they gave her. You know who that is? Did you know that's that Simon Pegg? I know. Did you ever see a list of people who decided they wanted to be stormtroopers just because they love Star Wars? Did you ever see that mm-hmm. list of people? You know, Carl Urban's on there. He has a speaking part in that movie. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys in there. 
Jason Sudeikis was very, I don't know if you ever saw the TV show The Mandalorian. Uh, Jason Sudeikis had a very funny bit in that. People are down on Taika Waititi and I won't hear it. I, I, I literally, I will not hear it. Mm-hmm. I can't hear it. <laughs> You're saying because it Because of the Rock and ears. What? Also, I like Thor. Uh, what's it called? Uh, 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 God of Thunder or whatever it's called. I Ragnarok. Like no, I like that one too. That's got that. That's got the guy played by Taika in it. It's got um, Korg. Rock guy. The rock Korg. Guy. Korg. Did you ever read Planet Hulk? Uh, no, but I feel like I have Planet Hulk and World War Hulk by I think it's is it Greg Pack? Greg Rucka? It's one of the Gregs. Uh, one of the, all the Gregs. All the Greg shows. I'm gonna stop talking now because we got other things to talk about. Oh, this is so boring. I was having so much fun, and now we got to talk about boring stuff. No, this is not boring. This is a, this is a quality follow-up. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by FitBod. You can learn more about FitBod right now by visiting fitbod.me slash diffs. When you want to change your fitness level, it can be hard to know where to start. And that's why FitBod is very happy to let you know that, you know, they're an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's just for you. Everyone's fitness path is different, which is why FitBod uses data to make sure they customize things exactly to suit you. By using a powerful algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and your training ability, FitBod will create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment that you have. This is all in an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn how to perform each exercise. Superior results are achieved when a workout program is tailored to your unique body, experience, environment, and your goals. Muscles improve when working in concert with the entire muscular system. So overworking some muscles while underworking others can negatively impact results. And that's why FitBod tracks muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine. By mixing up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time, FitBod serves to increase your overall strength and to keep your body sharp. And this also keeps your gym sessions fresh and fun by mixing up your workouts with new exercises. The FitBod app is easy to use with over 1,400 HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles to make sure that learning each exercise is a breeze. And then you can keep track of your achievements and your personal bests with FitBod's progress tracking charts. And of course, it all also integrates with your Apple Watch, your Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. You can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. So please go now and you can get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash diffs. Uh, just to make sure you know the URL, it is fitbod.me slash diffs. And, and that's going to get you 25% off of your membership. Our thanks to FitBod for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Follow up the 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 next part. Next follow up. I don't know uh, where this comes from. Previous episode, intrigued. we were uh, we were talking about something or other. You said the phrase intestinal kinks, and I thought of a running gag that uh, Paul and Storm have done on stage for many many years, where they say "blank is the name of my blank cover band." Oh, and you said, that's funny. And you said intestinal kinks, and I said intestinal kinks is the name of my blank cover band. And I was hoping you'd come up with a band name because you know lots of bands, and I don't. I couldn't come up with one. And both of us had trouble coming up with one. Uh, I, I said, oh, maybe, maybe it was because you only know Canadian Indian bands. But anyway, I said, you know what? After the show, I'm going to ask Paul Saborin, the Paul from Paul and Storm, to fill friend, in the blank friends, for friends us. Friend of the show. He, he is friend of the show. We've been on the show on our special episode. If you're a member, you can hear it. Um, 
He has done literally hundreds of these on stage. He is the expert in this domain. And so I said to him, hey, Paul, Intestinal Kinks is my blank cover brand. Here's what he came up with. Guar, G-W-A-R, which is a very good answer if you know what guar is. We'll put a link in the show notes to guar. Guar is a lot of fun. Guar was guar was a was a was a kind of '90s band. There there was other bands like that. They're kind of like joke bands. Nah, I don't know if it's really a joke. How many times you see them? How many times you see them? Just curious. No, I'm just yeah. saying. Like, if you ask them, would they say it was a joke? Mm-hmm. I mean, like Man or Astro Man is still a really good band, but they are guys playing surf rock and wrestling masks. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Intestinal Kinks is my guar cover band. And That's pretty good. Steve, Steve Lutz, uh, incomparable <laughs> regular and funny person, had two possible answers. First was Steve. the Cramps, which he's I feel also, like he's also in a country Christmas movie with White Axe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, the the cramps is a good answer. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, we did come up with on the air. Oh, you know, the kinks, but that's too on the nose. So we yeah, dismissed yeah, it. Yeah. The cramps is just far enough off. They're going to yeah, say yes, good. acceptable, good thumbs up. But then and the then, next then, one, then he, he takes it and he turns it for for the band of the great AC Newman, New Pornographers. That's fun. That's right. Which is a Canadian indie band, which means that you should have come up with it. So he double shamed you on that one. Although I, I mean, I have to just take his word for it that it's a Canadian indie band. Is it? Are the New Pornographers a Canadian indie band? <laughs> <clears throat> The New Pornographers are a Canadian indie supergroup. Okay. All right. You got you got AC Newman. Um, you got you got a lot of good people. You got a lot of I don't want to get into it because now see now this is how I, I walk into your stupid trap. All right, no, wait, wait, wait. Name a bunch of supergroups. A supergroup is defined as a group. Uh, yes. This is my uh, a group that is made up of people who are famous from being in other bands. Crosby Stills and Nash, Asia. Um Asia is a supergroup. Who's who are they pulling from? Oh my god. No, you why don't you give me a couple? Oh, something where Bono sat no, in tell, once. No, tell me where tell me where Asia is John, coming John from. John Wetton was um, the best singer uh, in King Crimson. Steve mm-hmm. Howe was the guitar player in Yes. Um, Carl yes, Palmer. Okay. Carl Palmer was the drummer in lots of bands, including Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, right. And um, oh, you asked Jeff Downs. Now here's where it gets interesting. <clears throat> Jeff Downs was in the Buggles with uh, Trevor Horn. And then they were, then Trevor Horn was briefly in Yes before he produced 90125, which Jeff Downs played on. See, I feel like you were already in supergroup territory. At a certain point, you don't have to have everyone be super famous from other bands they've been in. Right, right, right. Um, All right, so now we had had CCR, Asia. Give me some more. Not CCR. What? Oh, did you say CCR? Who's the the other one you said? Um, It's okay. It's fine. Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. There you go. Sorry. And, And kind of young. Um, other other supergroups, um, and like so we're excluding things like charity bands, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a whole rat king of bands like that in the early seventies, and Eric Clapton was in most of them. So like Delaney mm-hmm. Bonnie and Friends, kind of. I would say, um, in some ways, at the time, probably Cream was thought of like that. At at the time, Led Zeppelin was kind of thought of that, kind of. No, mm-hmm. but legit supergroup, like in the really lame way, is that would be Asia, who I who I like four songs from. Yeah. And New Partner, as you're saying, they're, they're a super group in the tiny world of Canadian indie bands. Uh, I am pretty sure I did not say that. I added the in the tiny world part, but how would you characterize it? <laughs> see, see, you give everybody lectures about healthcare, like you have any idea what you're talking about. And then you say this nonsense about bands. And because <laughs> it's not like playing video games where you wear a nightgown, you, nobody's allowed to like care about it. It's it's <laughs> who said you're not allowed to care about it? I didn't say you were allowed. I'm I'm relying on you caring about um, it's, it. It's got you got Nico Case, who's one of the great singers. Uh, what is he from? He's from. Uh, she is the singer who sings uh, like a, a countryfied. Have you ever heard of New Pornographers? 
No, I'm sure. Probably not. Well, unless it's a hit song that I don't know is by them. Um, I mean, they've been on TV shows and stuff, but all their records. They, what's the, what's their biggest hit? Um, I mean, on the first album, I would say My Slow Descent into Alcoholism or Mass Romantic or every song on there sounds like a person losing his mind. Yeah, I don't think I've but ever it gets heard more, by them. All right, all right. You get, uh, you get Dan, uh, Dan Behar. Uh, let's see, who's in Destroyer. I've seen him live and with, uh, you know, I introduced myself to Carl Anderson at a show once and it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want to hear how it went? Sure. <clears throat> hey! pretty much yeah he's you can tell he's you you, you never see carl, carl newman and think wow he's pretty extroverted and I, he's in standing around the back of a great american i walk up and i go mm. <laughs> i only drink to improve my social skills mm-hmm. um uh what's your give me uh what's the super group in your mind blind, blind, uh, blind I, faith maybe? i mean the, the the fact that you mentioned i was like there so supergroup is a term that we all know but super like how many of them have are... a band of people one or where at least at least two people in my opinion are best known from bands that are already well known or popular yeah because everyone in a band was in bands previously right there's very few people who this is their first right. band they've been in and they're hugely famous but we're, we're supergroup is i was in a band yeah, before and by the way group by accident and that's yeah, just because they kept losing guitar players right i was in a band before and that band was super popular and famous and good and now i'm in a band with a bunch of other people who can say the same thing they were used to be in a band that was really good and now we're in a band together and that will surely be crosby stills and nash is actually a really good example yeah. of that there will surely be the best of the best um oh uh, you know crosby stills nash but when it becomes crosby stills nash and young yeah but that makes sense is that a second super group or the same one <laughs> well i mean I'm, I'm sorry i'm not trying to be like a, a that guy here but like so david crosby Oh Jesus! I'm gonna blow this. I think he's in the Birds, and I know, um, I know. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Of course, David Crosby was in the Birds. Stephen Stills was in Buffalo Springfield with Neil Young, and uh, Graham Nash, of course, was in the Hollies. So, I mean, there was some common cause there. But for people to go, wait a minute, you know, there's like th- these guys were in like four bands that were huge a year ago. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty big deal, and they are they are really pretty singers together. If you ever get a chance, um, I don't know if this is still in print, but. <laughs> In print uh f- i think it's called four-way four-way street it's a live album from the early 70s and it's a four it's four it's two lps four sides might be even more it might be three lps and it's basically the four of them just arguing on stage <laughs> neil, neil young is a handful neil young mm-hmm. i feel i feel about neil young maybe a little bit the way i feel about andrew partridge where it's like andrew partridge seems like a guy you would love to sit next to on a plane but i would never want to be an engineer on one of his recordings mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you gotta watch out for people I bet Neil Young's a little bit of a handful. I, b- I bet he's pretty picky about craft services. And that's it for this week. So we'll see you next time. No, we got, this is your Super. topic. You put it in here. I don't know why you're Super. suddenly uh, shying away from it. Super groups. Oh, we're, we're all done. That's it. No, who who wins? Who's, so we're done with super groups. We're done. Uh, I mean, you, uh, do you have any more that you can name? Because I can't. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, if you, you, uh, you, it's if a you simple yes me, or no question. If you gave me, it is absolutely nothing like any of those words you just mumbled. written down for me. <laughs> That's your query. I can't do it with a straight face. Sorry. 1187 Hootenwasser. Mm-hmm. Nice place. What? Huh? <laughs> how aggressively he says, what? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That's, a, that's my dream of how every job interview should go. That's, <laughs> including, that's if we had show art, the show art would be oh shoot, what's his name? Um Leon Leon? Leon. Leon would be Leon, Leon responding with those giant 
bug eyes going, oh. <laughs> you know you what I love though? I love then where they, I guess it was a Roy in a phone booth. And he wants to ask Leon if he was able to get his precious pictures back. I just, mm-hmm. I love their conversation. And like so much of the magic of Blade Runner is, is scenes like that with Rugger Hauer and somebody just facing I, off. Every time I see a scene in a movie where like, uh, you know, it's something, if it's not that simple, it's something like, uh, you know, someone runs into someone on the street or goes into a store and uh, wants to get something from the cashier or like uh, waters their lawn and the neighbor comes by or like any sort of mundane thing. And I think about how <laughs> in good are. movies, those scenes can be made interesting oh, and totally. gripping. And in bad movies, they just exist and sit there and do nothing. And I think of like in Blade Runner, it's like a scene where someone's being interviewed like it's just it's just good writing like it's good writing and it's, and, a, it's such well, a propulsive introduction to, to the story that we're in because you've gotten that beautifully typeset crawl at the beginning explaining about replicants but <clears throat> you're like well what is it well and we got a hint of what's going to happen here i mean it's one of those nolan type things where it's all kind of there from the beginning if you're watching but you know it, and, and kind of not depending on which version you're watching but no but you go in and, you, and now you do that you're you're pressing in on that window and in the later versions of that you can like see them really clearly inside the window you can see um the dude i forget mm-hmm. that actor's name but i love him um and but it sets up so much of the stakes of the story like yeah. we see oh this is how they're going to try to figure them out they have this thing called the void conf test that enables them to look for anomalies that are particular to anomalies and responses that are particular to replicants, right? Like, like a lie detector for replicants. But then the way that ends up, it tells you a lot about stakes too. And also like, I think we've seen that same scene in tons of movies, like a spy movie. And the opening yeah. scene is a spy, someone being interrogated and you as the audience member is not sure whether they're a spy or not. Cause maybe it's not like the A-list actor who's the lead. It's just some other right, right, right. spy, right? And there's a, you know, there is some kind of interview and like, and you know, the, basically those scenes sit there and it's like, we think you're a spy. No, I'm not a spy. We think you're a spy. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Jump, bump, bump. Title sequence. It's right. just, they're so sort of, right? But that same scene, when execute the exact same idea. Just look at like the, look if at the you, Mission Impossible movies. They do right. such a great job with well, here, like. Here's uh, the, other, the other one I think of a, an interview scene where someone is trying to figure out if the person on the other side of the table is, you know, basically their enemy or the person they're looking for. Battlestar Galactica? Uh, well, so we've got the Blade Runner one. Yep. Uh, we've got m- uncountable other ones in television shows and movies that are boring until the point when they start shooting or running away or like whatever the big, uh, you know, well, thing is. Well, to, to, to uh, cop a phrase from uh, Blank Check, before there's a lot of business. Business, business, business. Now, whereas we see in the Doctor Who community, time for some running around. Lots of running yeah. around and business, business, business. And, and that should not be the good part of the scene. It should be the, it should be the other part. And so the other movie that comes to mind. be so excited for what's going to happen next, but people treat it like set dressing. Hey, neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, they just say, well, you know, you, uh, let's get enough lines back and forth for you to understand that this person's trying to figure and out we that can play person the song. Is, is the spy. And then then there's some running and jumping. Anyway, so Blade Runner does it amazingly. Inglorious Bastards. Uh, right? Oh, well, that's not even fair. Oh, I'm my just saying, like, it's the same no, idea no, no, of like, no. oh. Oh, no, uh, the, I, 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 com- I completely agree. Like, like, look at the level of execution oh, there. God. Blade Runner, Inglorious Bastards, and like every other movie that does that in such a lazy way. Yeah. I mean, and like, let's just leave it at the most basic level of like, you know, whether that's writing or, but like I've seen, there's a YouTube video I've watched three or four times about the blocking and camera shots in that scene that, you know, again, it's like explaining a joke, <clears throat> but, but just kind of talking about the decisions that, that were made about 
how it was, just how it was. But well, first of all, there, there's a reveal, what, halfway through that scene? Mm-hmm. That when it happens, even if you had predicted that it was, ex- again, this is this is why it's, it's spoilers suck, but mm-hmm. execution is what matters. You can yeah, no, you can know everything like, about that scene and it will still work. And you just, you see an eye and you're like, oh my God. And we've already established the rules. There's rules that have been established. We've, we've established that uh, Lanza, something like that, the, the, the colonel or whatever, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the hunter, he, uh, we've established that he is going to be unerringly civil, a little bit pretentious. He's very smart, right? Again, now, John, follow me on this. There's so much stuff they didn't have to tell us. They didn't have to tell us that he's got a certain way he likes to do things. We, they didn't have to tell us. He easily speaks multiple languages and can keep several different things happening at one time. We get that, like, he's going to press this, the thing of wanting a glass of milk from the beautiful daughters. You're walking right up to the edge. And, like, it would, it would probably not be as successful without the intensity and slow reveal of the father over time. And what, you know what I mean? Like, what he's got to keep up. I totally agree with you. It's good directing and good writing. And just that's why every time great, I see And great, great camera that... work, too. Great, great, just, mm-hmm. ah, it's all there. And then you end with the, the running away. And it's just like. Yeah, I mean, that, that I feel like is icing. Both of those au revoir, things. Au revoir, so both... au revoir, Shoshana. Yeah, like the Blade Runner scene and this one, if you picture them in your mind's eye, they have the the, the lighting in them and the way the sort of the set is I set totally up and agree. the vibe and yes. the atmosphere is incredible. Yes. Totally different. Obviously, Blade Runner is a different vibe than that sunlit, you know, shack at the wooden table or whatever. Both of them have a distinctive look. And that is like, look, they did everything right. And on top of that, also, they have a beautiful look that is distinctive and fitting for the movie. And it's just such a high bar. And that's why every I time I see a scene like that, eerie, where it's just, just a bunch eerie. of people sitting and I know. lighting on a table saying stupid lines to each other. It's like, why am I even watching this scene? Why not just show me the book? Well, like a certain film series that has a lot of what have been called puppet meetings. But but um, here's another one, just in general, the work of, of Kubrick for that kind of stuff. So you think about, think about how 2001 starts with <laughs> flashback. But then like when you're cutting to all the stuff that's going to happen about going to the moon, to uh, like observe the anomaly. Just just think about this. Just think about what well, what happens with Haywood Floyd on the ship. Like b- like he's 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 the flight is happening. He's he's there. Anyway, you know, this is this is meeting with the woman, the scientist that he knows, meeting these two strangers, which gives us a chance to have some exposition that feels totally organic. Calling his daughter, played by Stanley Kubrick's daughter, on the AT&T like video telephone, mm-hmm. like every single, <clears throat> every single bit of that, every choice is doing something to propel that story forward without feeling like you're getting banged on the head with Johnny exposition title. Yeah. And even, even in Kubrick's movie, like in that particular one, but his style is let's say not uh cinema verte. It's very stylized. Very, very yeah. 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 Kubrick, very locked, locked it, down. Yeah. Right. But even that the daughter, the daughter who is, clearly like a little kid that actually gets to act like a little kid unlike in lesser movies where the little kid acts like a a tiny little adult who reads off a bunch of stupid lines what was i just thinking of so there's another one i was just thinking of damn it i hate my long covid the um the other Kubrick guy was think oh you know what i was thinking of okay so fincher fincher is also great at that oh how about this sorry it's coming back together um the i know it's not the first like shot, uh, the first shot of The Shining is the VW bug going toward the Overlook. But once you're oh, in the, the interior, the Jack Nicholson interview. Yeah, yeah, you're establishing. But think about how you're establishing. I know room two to thirty seven people. Please file a feedback. But you're establishing <laughs> how big these spaces are. 
Like just, and they are taking their time. You think about when the guy with the turtleneck is walking them in and like introduce, this is the busiest day of the year and you never know it tomorrow. There won't even be anybody here, right? Boom, 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 boom. Setting up so much stuff that we need to know about, right? I mean, in fairness, without feeling like a data dump, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get into the office and I know that's an impossible window, but you get into the thing where we're catching the well first of all it's a, it's a jack nicholson is playing somebody in 1979 it, you get clues about casting right but do you remember the, the whole thing about like talking i don't know if he directly i don't does he he doesn't directly address danny's injury there does he it comes no up, but you get the right. sense that there's something that's maybe I don't know, because it's also interesting because he looks like such a 70s dad, but he's really talking more like somebody from the 40s or 50s. Their, their exchange is very formal, very structured, right? Mm-hmm. But, well, it's, it's a totally a, a whole status uh, play happening in that think? room. And he is, he's, uh, Jack Nicholson is subservient and uh, a little bit of, uh, a little bit like I Gil think from he's the trying to seem, I think he's trying. I don't want to say struggling to see him because we have no reason to think that at this point. But obviously he he wants this job. Why does he want this job? He wants this job because he needs to write this book. Like this needs to happen. Well, that's, you know, as I, as I like to say, I think I said this in the wisdom document, uh, every, every character in a story should have something that they, that they want. Right. And it could also be something. Like, that, uh, David Mamet beat you to that one, but yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't invent that. But like everybody in a story should have, oh, sometimes they call it motivation. Sometimes you have somebody who just has something they really, really, they really don't want. Um, sometimes the, then the more interesting characters have something they don't want you to know, in my opinion. And then the next level is, and sometimes they're not, by the second or third act, we realize they, 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 there's something that they want. There's something they don't want you to know, and that which could be what they want. But in the second, third act, that's when we start to see they're not pulling it off as well as they thought. This is David Brent. Uh, in the office, right? This is uh, Jack Torrance, right? This is, well, think about every Stanley Kubrick character. Like pretty much every Stanley Kubrick, it's it's difficult to say one thing about every Stanley Kubrick movie, except that, uh, I don't, again, I haven't prepared for this. If I, I would have prepared better, but you know, there's there, there's something about this disconnect, whether it's based on society, language, um, or uh, finance, technology like whatever it is but somebody trying to do the right thing in some way will not be able to succeed so it could be the big system or whatever but like no matter how much president muffley does not want the 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 b2s to go off or whatever you know what i'm saying but that that's every movie is the third act of mini kubrick movies is everything falling up almost like tar really where every which is another great example of this oh my god john mr policeman david remnick interviewing Lydia Tarr on stage. You didn't like it? I haven't seen the movie. I'll you haven't seen Tarr? Oh, it. it's pretty good. No. I, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think I have to be in the right mood because I know too much about the movie now to be like, mm, Implementation. Yeah. Yeah. So we I totally, we, we totally skipped uh, the, uh, the, 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 the second movie. We totally skipped the one with, uh, you know, where they're jumping out of land speeders between buildings. Which I, I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the good characters were in the second one. Right, that's where you talking you, about episode two. Episode two, you've got the the, the you've got the transforming woman. Not that interesting. You've got, but don't you have like the guy with the diner in that? Uh, probably. Remember, he has like a fifties diner. 
Yes, he does. I know. I know his name. I just can't remember. You uh, know, if you if you all would give me an ounce of credit, Dexter Jetster, Dexter, or Dexter, Dexter Jetster. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I know this? Why? <laughs> I know you want to reclaim the bits, right? I would. I would like to purge that if I could. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Factor. You can learn more about Factor right now by visiting factormeals.com slash diffs50. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store. Their fr- fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. And you have more than 34 flavor-packed options to choose from every week. If you want something special, you can level up with Gourmet Plus options. Prepare to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, truffle butter, and asparagus. Plus, you can keep your energy up with lunch to go. Factors effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers. No microwave required. <laughs> then to finish your order, choose from 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and smoothies. And you can rest assured that you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. So this September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they're ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So please head over to factormeals.com diffs50 and use our offer code, which is also, you know, uh, conveniently enough, diffs50, D-I-F-F-S-5-0. And that's going to get you 50% off your first box. I see what they did there. I think the 50 is the percent also. It's almost uh, like a, a numerical pun. Uh, so you go, uh, it's code diffs50. You go, you go to factormeals.com slash diffs50 and you get 50% off your first box. But, you know, th- our thanks to, to Factor for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, things have been confusing and tumultuous in the world of social media for the entire time it's existed. It's funny, we watched The Social Network last night, or two nights ago, and uh, the whole thing about, they kept talking about Friendster, and mm. what were the two they kept Dexter Jester was a big on Friendster. <laughs> you know, you know, you should check out Dexter Jester on Friendster. It's hard, it's hard to say. <laughs> Kiss my grits! I don't know you, that's my purse! Apparently I only have one high-voiced impersonation left. Mm-hmm. I don't know you! Did you ever watch King of the Hill? Sure did. And now you're reversing that one. You had that one right for so many years, and now it's reversed. No, he does it two different ways. Doesn't he say, that's my purse, I don't know you? Or probably, it's close enough. You, my purse. But yeah. Flo, you were talking about Flo earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was, she, was in a, she was also in the movie version of Alice by, by, mm-hmm. uh, by El Scorcho, as I call him. Did you know that? And she's also in, did you know that she's in All the President's Men? You're getting off track. No, you are. Guided back in. Um, so so um, Dustin Hoffman goes to Miami to talk to Ned Beatty, who's also in the Superman movie with the candy wrapper. Mm-hmm. And he can't get through. He can't get through. Is it Stans? Is that the guy's name? He can't get through because of this very effective secretary uh, played by Flo, who I think might also have a, a different name. Flo. What's her name? What's the name of the actress who plays Flo? Polly Holiday. 
Got no idea. Polly Holiday and Dexter Jexter Friendster. Zumzabup, see pap, see pap. You know, it's a confusing thing, this whole this whole Michigas with uh, social media. And uh, I'm going to bracket this. My opening statement is simply this. Uh, it's something that has become instrumental to me over the last two years is a phrase that I'm still working around in my head. But uh, it's definitely a post-2015 idea born of necessity, which is that um, not everything is everything. Or if you like everything is not everything. Not, it's, we ought to be able to talk about one thing without having to talk about everything else. And when we talk about, what we talk about when we talk about social media is that Raymond Carver was dead by the time. He drank a lot and he never had a, a Friendster Jackster. <laughs> where I'm calling from? Where I'm calling from is Dexter Jackster's Diner. You want to uh, hear any more jokes about that? Y'all good? All good on the Carver? I, I gotta look up how to spell his name. Go on. Mm. Um, but you know, Twitter's. I'm. I'm a little bit. Mm, I don't. I, the last thing I want to do is be emo about this. But I'm a little bit heartbroken about Twitter in a variety of ways. It's been. It's been so much fun for me. I mean, yeah, I would have made friends there, but it was a great platform for me. I was really good at Twitter, and I tried at Twitter, and it was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of opportunity to, to develop writing skills on there that have been really useful to me, but also it was just a good way to like, I don't know. It was nice to get compliments and stuff, but really it was just cool if I could make somebody laugh who I admired. And anyway, y'all probably kept up mostly with how this has gone. It hasn't gone great. I am in the midst now of attempting to use Mastodon more. And I'm sorry, I don't want this to go on with my stuff forever. My challenge is that Twitter is what I know. It's, it's like a good fit for my brain. It's like the comedy of, of Chris Fleming. It just, it's an exact, like if you can imagine 10 fingers clasping into a fist, that's like Twitter made sense for my brain, particularly in the 140 days. And because, um, you know, it was harder to be good then. And I'm trying to do Mastodon, but it's a little, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. And like I, I, like I said, like six months ago, I think looking for, quote, a replacement for Twitter is not a wholesome or good idea. I think if people went back and listened to that today, they'd be more open to what I was saying, hopefully, and hear what I meant rather than what they thought I was being a jerk about. I mean, if you hate Twitter and Twitter sucks, like, why are you on it? Well, but like, oh, no, Mastodon's different. It's all about the Federation and blah, blah. I'm just, I, I, I got on the Blue Sky stuff. I don't want to, I, I think I do believe in Mastodon, not least because that's where my friends are. So I guess I kind of wanted to talk about the second thing is the thing that we're going to talk about today that I'm not actually that interested in right this moment. The first thing is Ubisoft, social media, you know, like what, oh my gosh, what's happening with that? Look at how that thread things, threads thing kind of came and went and came. I thought was this, and I put this in here about a month ago, I think. How do you think we should be supporting a social media platform that we like or that we hope to like, that we think we could like? And I, as you can probably surmise, I'm being deliberately broad about that. Sure. I mean, like financially or resource wise, your attention, the time that you spend on things, that, that's, that's a big thing. Um, and if you start supporting a social media platform, do you think it's incumbent upon you to stop supporting, quote unquote, in some way or other, the other ones? So that's my question for you. How, how do you think we should be supporting? I and mean, you're jumping anywhere. I think there's a lot of potentially interesting things here, but. How do you think we should be supporting uh, social media platforms we like and want to see thrive? I think it's one of those cases where sort of the high-minded ideals uh, 
come into play and in our in our best moments we think uh you know i am i'm acting in response to those high-minded ideals and not simply following the fastest source of pleasure and, feel, for, and, forgive me cribbing myself from dubai friday as opposed to the thing i'm doing to just get through the day yeah yeah and so when that the key part that i'm focusing on in this question here before i get to the other parts is uh platforms we like and the the lizard brain version of that is like i just want to go someplace where i feel comfortable where that makes me laugh where i where i know where everybody knows my name whatever you know cheers like the whole like those type of things of like i'm that's that's how i'm going to pick the social media platform that i like i'm <laughs> that, going to go that, that's where that's one aspect good. one aspect right. yeah right and that is the easy way that's the, the high very, minded, that's the easy aspect <laughs> yeah the high minded ideal is to say well i'm not just a you know a tiny brain stem floating on the internet one hopes and in fact i'm going to take a broader view of this and say hey things on the place that i used to like went really badly for a reason uh, can we prevent that from happening in the future by t- picking something, some place that is different structurally, mm-hmm. right? Instead of instead of a privately owned company that is able to be purchased by nutjob billionaire. But, and even if it's a new thing, because what we're talking about here is keeping something alive long enough to get good or stay good. But right, I mean that that's part of the problem is that like if you just again that that I see also the thing about like quote unquote finding a Twitter replacement. Where it's like, well, my reluctance to post a lot or do a lot on Mastodon, I think I said to you months ago, was I don't really, it's not that when I say I don't get it, I'm not saying like I don't understand a joke among, you know, Gen Z. What I'm saying I don't get it is like it's just different enough that I find it confusing. I don't exactly understand people's motivation, but, but to cut the baby in half, that's where my friends are. And I want to be where my friends are. Back to your previous, your first point, just because it's fun to post. So, I mean, that's like saying like, I just, I went to this tennis court in the middle of the night because it wasn't busy. Well, you don't have anybody to play tennis with. Why are you there? Well, yeah, yeah. But I really like hitting balls, you know, alone or whatever. Well, okay, fine. Then that's not really social media or sport, right? So it's like the the part you, without your friends or the people you, oh, no, let's put it, let's even be, let's even be more realistic about it. Without an audience, like, what is the audience you want? Well, I don't know. I just want a bunch of people. Well, good. Anywhere will work fine. You can just shout into your toilet and it'll work out fine. But there, I do this because I want to reach people with what I'm doing. And like, not because I think I'm a messianic figure, but because I think I'm funny and I think I'm smart and I think I like really good music. And if there are other people who are funny and smart and like the music that I do, why would I not want to be connecting with them on the reg and being able to share this like sliver of Venn diagram on this busy, busy planet to just have something in common with somebody where you can hang out and talk about pixies or whatever. Right. But you, you, you have to go where if your friends aren't there, who are you talking to? Well, so that's that's the the flip side of this is that, you know, so how do you support the platform? What you said before, I think, is basically the way to do it. You support a platform by contributing parts of yourself to it, your mm-hmm. your time, your attention, your quote unquote content. Where do you where are you putting that? If you have a choice of where you put it and you think it has value, putting it somewhere is putting a chip down and saying, I'm trying right. to support and make this thing better and that gets back to the first part is okay well where did you pick and the high-minded ideal is for a lot of the people on mastodon that i think some of us have in our heads is i want to pick a place that is not able to be purchased by a billionaire because structurally <laughs> it's different in I'm some way i'm not missing the ads john yeah well i mean you know again i don't you know we don't no, have no, the by, answer, by that i just right? mean the ads are on twitter are like really dumb 
Right, but but like the thing about Mastodon is, you know, sort of say, like, is there some, can we envision something mm-hmm. that would be better than a privately owned or publicly owned company yeah. controlled by billionaires that that tries to monetize us? And it's like, well, there's a bunch of other stuff that that think they might have a different answer, but none of them have actually figured it out yet. So, you, but still, the high minded ideal is I'm going to pick but one of your those. instance, and you get to make your rules, right? Yeah, well, you know, but again, I don't think these people, these Mastodon, all the Mastodon instances individually have figured out uh, all of the different ways that they might sustain themselves yeah. in the long term. But still, those of us who have picked one of those things, as opposed to picking one, say, like, you know, like Threads, which is, you know, controlled by a single uh, billionaire. <laughs> I um, thought we all did. Did I lose my mind, John? I Didn't we all agree that Facebook was kind of a bad idea like four years ago? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I've, I've, I've well, kind of but, rung this bell for a while. But here's the thing that gets back to the brainstem. It's like, but yeah, <laughs> but your I friends went on there. threads and it was fun. And that's why, right? that's also, that's why all the reporters are there. Yeah. The, the news thing has been gravely downgraded on Twitter. The news thing has been very deliberately, overtly downgraded. There's a podcast episode about this this week on, on Facebook. But like Instagram and threads, maybe Instagram too, but I think threads has not yet gotten the, the news ban hammer. So like you can still be yeah. a reporter with followers. Yeah, and, 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 uh, you know, the, the, all right. So people, people understand, think they understand it. It's simpler to understand and they feel more comfortable there. And it's pretty similar to Twitter was, too, right? In terms of like, it was easy, it? it was easy for people to sign up mm-hmm. and it does have the power of Facebook's content moderation behind it. Whatever you may feel about their policies, there is certainly enough horsepower there to, deal with the people in the way that Facebook thinks they should be dealt with, which is not always true on a small mass <laughs> instance. Right. But, but yeah, like I, f- I feel like we're in this situation now where uh, I, m- I made a conscious decision to put my chips into Mastodon, that's which why means I asked. I felt when like that's I post something, yeah. I post it first on Mastodon. I post it only on Mastodon in many instances. If I have something good to say, I'm trying to contribute that to Mastodon. Now, it's easy for me to say that because a lot of the, my quote-unquote audience and the people who I'm interested in reading from did actually go to Mastodon. And when you say all your friends are there, I don't think all your friends are on Mastodon. I think a lot no, of them are. I mean, a, a lot of my of podcast are. friends are there. Right, exactly. But what about your music friends? What about your comedy friends? That's, what a, about that's, your... actually, that's actually a good... Fo- oh, and also, and also where, 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 where are my future podcast friends? Yeah, exactly. My, that's that, and that's, that's what's so interesting to me. We haven't talked about the Federation part, but like there's potential to do different kinds of things here. We're not committed. You, you're focusing on the like the owned by a, like a, a deranged billionaire, but I think it's also valuable. I guess you're also focusing on this somewhat. Uh, that like this can we can do lots of different things with this. But I hadn't yeah, I hadn't really thought of that. You're right. Yeah, and so uh, that you know it's it's fragmentation. It's difficult, and like and me making that conscious decision to focus on Mastodon. I mean, I was basically forced to back when Twitter became untenable for me because mm-hmm. I couldn't I could no longer use it as a communication as a way and for people to app, get to me. You know. That's, well, that was not a just big the deal. app. Well, like there was a, cer- a certain point, like my pin, my one pin tweet on Twitter is like, I, me and Gruber had the same experience. We we went from getting dozens or hundreds of at mentions a day on Twitter to getting zero mm-hmm. for days and days in a row. Both of us were getting zero at mentions. I'm doing some of the funniest writing I've ever done, and I don't I don't look at it in terms of stars. It's just that stars are a trailing economic indicator of what's getting noticed. Right? Yeah. Do you follow? And, I mean, I'm, I just want to be clear. Like, I like it when people like what I do. I like it when people, God, for, just get to hear what it is that I do. But ever since they goofed up the timeline three different ways, it's it's there are trailing indicators to let you know that it is not being seen by people. 
Yeah, or, or you know, and I think I think I was getting at mentions. It's just that the feature that was supposed to show them to me wasn't showing them to me, and so they they basically broke that entire service for me. And so I well, said, they "Well, never there's see no it. Way. There's nothing to respond to." Yeah, for, for like 16 years, yeah. I contributed my best stuff to I Twitter. Know. I know, uh, and I, I I already had pulled an archive like as soon as Elon bought the company. So I was like, "Well, this is encased in amber now. Now I need to to con- to put my attention and all of my good content, quote unquote, good content." Yes somewhere else and so i'm putting it on mastodon i'm also putting it on blue sky i'm also putting it on threads but always mastodon uh, first always really? mastodon all best those? really not mm. all of it i don't i mm. don't automate i don't do automated cross posting. Mm. i do manual selection of sometimes contributing things elsewhere to try to get more reach but mastodon is my primary right and that's that's how i'm supporting it i've done this exactly once but i i i've set a few rules for myself going into mastodon because god why wouldn't i coming coming out i'm still using twitter a lot but like the point is that like it is a fresh start for me. You call it whatever you want, but for me, like I want to learn from what I know and I want to make myself better at what I do. Rule number one: well, not there. No, these are in no particular order. It's an unordered list. Um, no retweeting. That's not what this is for. And no quote tweeting. Okay, it's just a rule for me. I don't do that. I mean, I doesn't support quote tweeting yet, so don't worry about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Just even like trying to keep something in a thread that won't annoy people can yeah. be difficult. Quote tweets coming soon, any day now. Yeah. Um, um, other things also, I, I don't know. I just, I decided to go in with just a, with my head on a swivel and to be a little bit smarter about it to like, uh, to something I, I already try to do so hard, which is to focus on positive and, and not positive as in Pollyanna or like, um, I- idiotic, but in like, talk about what you love, not talk about things you love that you can put your hands on rather than constantly focusing on things that you hate that you have no control over. That's how they keep you how you are, dude. That, that's how they keep you like that, people, is like getting you to take the thing that makes you incredibly emotionally unstable and unhappy and then getting you to obsess about it. And I know this is true with all, all men and I, most men, and I think it's true with most people. If, if your brain doesn't know what to do with an emotion in any way, it will become anger. Like that, that game of Plinko, however, what starts out at the top of the Plinko board is going to end up with anger. And that is addictive. And they know that. And like every time you get out there and, and quote tweet somebody and go, look at this, Sam, we need to talk about, it. oh my God, you're carrying so much water for people who hate you. At best, they hate you. They may not even realize you exist. But so I wanted to be circumspect about going into whatever this new thing was. I just, my problem is right now, I feel like, and I, you know what, you've already, you've already answered the question. That's exactly what I hoped you'd say. Which did you pay for this with your attention and your, your goodwill, right? And 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 I do this kind of like putting chips on a poker table, knowing full well that I might lose all my money. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, I don't have much confidence that what I'm doing is going to make any difference in anything. But it's what I'm choosing to do because it's the best. It's I have very little power in the situation, and what little power I have, I'm expending in this way with no real guarantee that it will do anything. Right, and and luckily the stakes are not, you know. Yeah, no, they're they're not big, but it is super annoying. Like I love, I love Twitter for all those years that, you know, and it's just, it's, I think we're all kind of in mourning for it, you know? Oh, I think that's absolutely true. I wish people would be a little bit more okay about saying that in the absence of anger. Hey, here's an exercise for a day. Try this for a day. Try to have an opinion, an emotion, any of those things. Try to have an opinion or emotion about something in the absence of anger. See what happens when your emotions have to live on their own and aren't allowed the coverage of that big bully called anger. Try being who you think you are and feeling how you think you feel and then share that with people in the absence of anger. And I bet it's going to be a lot, I bet it's going to be at least a little more difficult than you imagine. 
Because we're so used to being, for anger being the compulsory side dish for every meal in our life. So that's just a thought. Um, my part of it also is, oh yeah, so and the other rule was, um, don't, don't, don't do that thing that you're doing. Like, it, one thing goes one place. That's it, right? And like, if people want to figure out how to subscribe to a different thing into a different place, like, do your best to make that easy, but like, don't repeat stuff. The closest I got is a couple things. I did, sometimes, like, I did a bit, we were watching, um, I guess it was Paprika. And I did two screen grabs that were so funny to me. And you know, I'm sure you know what screen grab. Um, the, 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 the guy, the like genius guy, what's his name? You didn't like Paprika, right? It's one of my least favorite movies by that director, but I don't dislike but it. But there's a guy, there's a character in the movie. God, these movies are so Yeah, gorgeous. I saw your post about it. Okay, but I'm telling the listeners this because I don't expect you, believe you haven't seen anything I do or you'd be enjoying me. Uh, I'm really good right now. Uh, I could lie about that, but I'm very funny right now, and it's a bummer. Um, but it's a character in the movie, and he's wearing these. He looks almost like he's in. He looks almost like Red Five, like he's wearing like this headgear. But it's it's so funny. The second I saw it, I instantaneously thought how much it looked like Apple Vision Pro. So I did two screen grabs, and his eyes are in different positions. Okay, I used one of those on Twitter, and I used one of those on Mastodon, but they were completely different bespoke jokes. So, like, the l- last thing I want to be is that guy who's just like, oh, hey, ch- check it out. I'm, I'm, I'm playing at the Dildo Hut Friday at 7. And put it on everything. And that's, those are the kind of people that use a word like content. Dude, I don't care if you like. I do care. I hope you like what I do. It means a lot. It means tremendous amounts to me if you enjoy what I do. But, like, pfft, you get what you get and don't get upset. I work so goddamn hard on every single thing you've ever seen me give you. It would make you sad to know how hard I try at stuff that doesn't matter. Rearrange the words in the sentence and see if it gets funnier, because I'll bet that's the best arrangement of words in that sentence. You work so hard on it, but then that, that's one of the reasons that I do put, I mean, I don't put uh, everything right. on every service, but the announcement posts, like when there's a new episode mm, of my that's, podcast That's out, a little different. I put on all of them no, because I, I want people to find I know. the thing, and I want to meet them where they are. You know do you what feel I mean? like there's an emerging standard of good taste for that? Uh, I mean, everyone hates uh, uh, like mechanical cross posting, where like you type one thing at one box and hit return, and the same thing goes to seven well, places. When Rectifs goes up, that. I tend to sometimes I'll because the relay one goes up first, and I'll and I'll, I'll 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 quote or whatever retweet that one. But then when our good one with the good logo, and I told you last week, I really love our logo. When that one mm-hmm. comes up, I unretweet the other one, and then I, I do that one. Yeah, you know how that one you know how that one comes up. It based on when the last. <laughs> Never mind. No, I do it manually. <laughs> I was about to get myself in trouble. I do it manually. You've got to be kidding me. That's one of the things you I do. You do it in the CMS? You do so much for the show, John. No, I, I don't do it credit. in the CMS. I type it by hand into the Rectives account. You and go into Twitter turn. and you type that? Yeah, and I do the same thing on, the, on Mastodon. And I do the same thing on Threads. When there was one set of footsteps, it was yeah. you literally carrying me. Yeah, because that thing broke like years ago. That's true. Yeah, my tweet deletion stopped too. And so, so I've been doing now the automated thing broke years ago. Yeah, so I've been I've been doing it by hand. But that's an example of a thing that I do. That yeah, that's the same post everywhere. It's just an announcement post. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. trying to meet people oh, where not, they are. And just the other- so you, just for clear, I'm not trying to chide you. I could give a fig what other people do. It, what's important for you and our listener to understand is that I have my own rules. That like govern and why would those matter to you? Well, they don't need to matter to you. But in order for me to feel like everybody else is like, hey, it took me seven minutes to love Mastodon. I spun up my own instance. Blah, blah, blah. And like, how could you possibly know that? 
that's like you just walked into a diner off the subway and go, like, this is now my favorite restaurant. And you're like, hmm, okay, well, you don't really need to have a favorite restaurant change. And if you do, maybe you should eat some food before you decide that. How could you know if that's going to be your home? That's mental. So it took me a long time. And here's the other part is that, have we satisfied, can we just talk about this for another minute? Have we satisfied the answer to the question? Uh, best way to support it is to put your stuff there and try hard with it. I mean, the question isn't what isn't the best way. The question is how should we be? So I think we have to throw in one more possible You're answer. You're holding which is me maybe, to what I typed in a doc a, yeah, a well, year well, ago. Yeah, okay. well, you know, it's there. Um, it is uh, there. It is there. The, uh, the other answer is obviously you can support these things financially. Your instance may be, have a way to collect money. Mastodon itself, the people who write the open source software for it, may have a way to, for you to give them money. You could buy merch from them now. But that's that's kind another of secondary, way you can right? to do it. Because you, first you need to love it and you need to give it your best effort. I mean, it, it, I mean I, I, everyone can choose how they want to do that. That's true. Maybe they don't feel like they have lots of content to contribute and they just want to read. And the way that they support it is by, you know, giving $5 a month to the open source product or something. How should I be on Mastodon? Tell me how to be. So here's the thing with you specifically. I, I see how you, I, I've always seen how you are on Twitter. And obviously the audience on Twitter was very different. And even today still is different. Mm-hmm. And I see you coming on Mastodon, not trying to be the same as you are on Twitter, but close enough that I feel like there's an impedance mismatch with the crowd that I follow on Mastodon, mm-hmm. which is not appreciating your humor to the degree that the larger population of Twitter probably would. Mm-hmm. And it's because just all your people aren't here. Or maybe they are here and they haven't found you. That's the thing. I don't know that they're not here. All I know is that they probably I mean, is haven't it, is that, found is you. Is that a reckon or is that a thing you've heard? That's the thing I feel because I try. It's okay. I used you, to follow, you're not gonna, it's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But do, do you, you feel like I, I'm totally mismatched with what a lot of people are there for? I, I feel like a lot of people who would appreciate your things are not seeing them because they're not here. But put it in a real way. Don't try and spare my feelings. Say what you really think. Because if I'm going to, if I'm wasting my time there, I'm going to bounce. But I, no, I, I think there's a lot of people like your your famous music people. They're not a mastodon. Mm-hmm. They're not going to see your things. You're going to say some obscure, very funny thing about I don't need music them stuff. To be and famous, the... I just need them to like music. I know, but like I got they're a really not, nice I, tooth for the other day. If they're oh. if they're there, I don't know where they are because yeah. they're not following you yet. And they're, do you, they're, is, I was never following. Do you think there's ways in them. which I should adapt better? No, I don't think you should adapt. I think like. I mean, so here's the thing. Well, what am I supposed to do? So am I supposed to go put the music jokes over here and put the, the computer jokes over here and put the anime jokes over here? Like, I don't think, I, don't, of, I, th- I think that's something people probably do. I think I, Blue well, Skies for Shuck and Jive. I think, I think, um, I think uh, whatever threads. this one is, the Mastodon is for, is for computer stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I'm not sure what Twitter is for. It's, it's very sad. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, Mastodon, all these things are still evolving. So it's hard to say X is mm. for Y, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like even, if, even if, it, it's, if it's a snapshot of this week, who knows how long it'll stay that way. Yeah, and like, that's what makes it difficult. Fragmentation is difficult. And because all these things are so young that we don't know how they're going to end up. Where is going to be the place where the celebrities are? Where is it going to be the place where people talk about music? Where, like, we don't actually know. And so it's difficult. It's like... Do I just not say that thing because I know that no one who follows me here is going to care about it? Or do I say it here anyway, hoping that I will attract the people who will like it? But like, don't don't you sometimes just want to say something regardless of like how it's received? Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, I mean in I, an unkind way, but like the, the important part is it's a thing you want to say, not that you think you're you're pandering to some little birds who want content spin. Yeah, well, I mean, my because I think of, Mast- of all the platforms that are out there, Mastodon people don't try as hard as chance. us, John. I think they don't try yeah. as hard as us. It has the best chance of not being terrible eventually, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I would say continue doing what you're doing in the hopes that people will find you there. I guess. 
right? I mean, and that's not satisfying. Yeah. Well, and anyway, I didn't, I didn't, I'm sorry, that turned into an intervention for me to, to seem sweaty on the internet. Um, it's, it's also just that there's, there's the, like, I don't want to be negative. It's definitely want to close with negative, but like, there is also this implicit sort of like, well, what you shouldn't be doing. Like, I'll give you one. Hey, you guys, what the hell are you doing on threads? Yeah, I know it's easy to sign up. I listen to ATP. I know things about things. Why are you doing anything over on Facebook? And you know what? You could very much say to me at this point, hey, dude, why are you doing anything on Twitter? And I guess we've gotten right up to the point that the entire world has seemed to me for 15 years. Ever since Face Smash, everybody's always like, I have to be there for my family. I got to be there. I gotta be there for uh, for the Phoenix Club. I've gotta be there for uh, you know what I'm saying. And like, I you're up against it with me because like you're right. I don't have an answer to that. I, the place is garbage. The the guy running the place like it's we're supposed to think it's funny and then say Lamau, but it's a real bummer. It's a real bummer. The stuff with the ADL is very upsetting to me. Like I, I don't want to bust a gut about it. And just every, but again, it's just it's just like an anger recycling machine. You just take other people's crap and eat it and then make your own crap and then make other people. It's just, it's also sad. That's one of the topics that I tend not to talk about. But I have very few rules for myself in that, like, I, I basically don't get into just do the discourse about Twitter. Uh, but yeah, but I, I generally don't post about Twitter on Mastodon. Uh, but I do, I feel sad about it all the time. It makes Mastodon better when you don't. Yeah, I feel I feel sad about it all the time. And I feel sad about how many people are still there because it's so big that they can sort of be in a corner and not realize it's just whatever. People are going to do I, the, gonna there's do. The, I, I, There are times where I wonder uh, whether this is a story that I tell myself, but I've known for some time now. There's two things I know in life. One is that I will probably be killed by a flightless bird. I'm not sure when it first occurred to me, but I think in the last two and a half years, probably I realized, probably a cassowary. Flightless bird named what? Heart disease? Probably. Flightless, Flightless Bird is a David Ferrier podcast by Kids Obsessed with. Mm-hmm. The guy who did Tickled. Did you ever see Tickled? No, but I've heard you talk about it. Hmm. He's from New Zealand. He feeds squirrels, and one time they bit him, and he had to get shots for rabies. Oh, um, and what was my point? Sister once, yeah. Um, yeah, well, they've been sacked. What, what, what was I just talking about? David Ferrier, and then what was I talking about when you interrupted me? What was I talking about? When I interrupted you. That's a uh, joke, John. If we don't uh, do yeah, bits, yeah. there's no show. Mm-hmm. I said a thing I knew wasn't true, and that made it funny. Yeah. Um, I was talking about the uh, a cassowary will be the thing that takes my life because basically they're a mean bird that can't fly and it's got an axe on its head. I think I think that one is going to take me out. And I realized um, sometime back, and if it sounds sweaty, I don't know what to tell you. Um, it's it's weird. I've always had a very inflated number of followers on Twitter. I have not explored why that is. If if you need to know, I didn't ever buy followers, if you're curious about that. Mainly, so like there's that list, like when you first sign up, hey, it's 2008, you just signed up for Twitter. Do you want to follow Mahatma Gandhi? And you're like, hell yeah, give me some Gandhi. Or, you know, like Anthony Hopkins, and you're like, yeah, there's that big list. No, so that's the list like Sween was on. Believe me, you don't want to be on that list. That's where you get a butt ton, and Rob, Rob Corddry was on that list too, right? And there's a different list, which is to like find people to add to Twitter to follow. And probably because I had friends who worked there that I was, you know, friends with. I don't know why. Same reason. I don't know why I was verified. A friend of mine who works there said, Do you want to be verified? And I said, Yeah. <laughs> and in that case, they put me on that list, which is, I guess, good, right? Because, you know, 300,000 people I wouldn't ordinarily see were following me, but like, that's not high value equipment you're dealing with there, right? Especially because you got most of those early on and how many of those that eventually just ended up being available. Oh, and how many of those were like, it's like that, that, oh God, I hate talking about the birthday boy, but that thing where like he changed it to now you auto follow 
Elon when you sign up. Mm-hmm. And also mm-hmm. now something like they had this amazing, think of this almost like a, a visual bell curve of what percentage of Elon's followers have never tweeted and what percentage of his followers have no followers. Which I'm not trying to sound, but like if you don't have one follower, hell, I, I get followed by porno ladies all the time, and I don't do anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're very excited about some of my posts. Um, they want to know. They have a lot of questions for me. They want to know if I would hit it. They, they want to know if I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never know quite what to say because that's really not. I just wanted to mainly talk about my 3D printing. Fightless Bird will take my life, and also regardless of whatever any number on that website says to other people. I became very aware that in the last year, fewer people were like seeing stuff I did. And you know, if if you're going to act like that doesn't matter to you, well, then why are you why are you why are you posting it? I'm a publisher. Here's why people loved yelling at me back in the day from the very beginning on Twitter. I made it very clear to anybody who I got dragged for this. I would say, "Hey, listen, I'm not your friend. I'm a publisher. So calling that a friend is if you want to call it that, that's fine. I'm I'm reading what you publish because I think you're interesting." I'm not following you based on some white ribbon about our parents knowing each other. Are you kidding me? What are you, nine? What are you doing? If I'm following you, it's because I like what you do. And then eventually that became, if I'm following you, everybody's muted at that point because everybody sucks. But eventually it was like, I follow you because I want you to be able to DM me. was mainly what it came down to. I'll just close the thought. All it was was I realized I'm mostly writing this because I want to be writing this and putting it out there. I hope somebody sees it. I'll never cut off a cubic inch of muscle to try and please a make-believe person. That's of value to me. What I will do is keep doing the thing that I do because I need to do it. I need to, I'm, like, I'm like that actor in Suicide Squad who has to expel his Christmas ornaments, uh, vomit up his Christmas ornaments. You know, have you seen that? Did you see the one? Did you ever watch that one? I did. What's that guy's name? Spotman? Dot Boy? The Dotsman? He has to vomit out his dots. Otherwise, like, that's me. I said to my kid the other day, it took me 50 years to realize it, but I need to make stuff to feel whole. I need to make stuff all the time. I need to make stuff that's a funny joke for Twitter. I need to make stuff that's like a, a comic about the lizard that I send just to our family. Like if I stopped making, I would be like a shark, you know, that can't swim backwards. So to close the thought, that's the bummer for me personally, not professionally, personally. It's like I miss like friends I used to be in bands with where we would banter about stuff and nobody sees anybody's stuff anymore. I'm presenting this to you because I'm the most important person in the world. I'm presenting it to you as people don't see my stuff. I don't, I just, stuff is not seen. What I do see is like for six hours, it decides I'm very into, uh, oh, ultimate fighting. And like, it's just a bummer. That's how this, that the genesis of all this is like, I got to get away from this. This is not, I feel like I'm throwing good attention after bad. Yeah, I think they broke, the, obviously they broke the, you know, who sees your stuff, but I think they yeah. also broke your ability to see the people who see your thing and reply. Like, for all you know. My wife, I honestly believe her when she says, I don't see hardly anything you post. And I was like, that's okay. But she's like, no, but I like, I want to see the bits and like, are you making fun of me or whatever? And I was like, mm-hmm. I know, I'm the same way. The, unless you go to somebody's, that's maybe the next step is it'll just be promoted tweets when you click on somebody's face. And like some of those people, some of the people you would love to see a reply from and banter, maybe they did reply to you, but you never saw their reply. That's that's the worst part of it. It's, it's broken on both ends. Yeah, that's the one that got you, right? Yeah. No, because I because for all you know, that could be happening. For all you know, the person who you would love to hear from sent you a witty reply to your witty post and you just never saw it. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, I guess they never saw it. But they did see it and they replied, but you never saw the reply. It's- and I think, I mean, in terms of this is going to be heavily colored by the fact that this is, I'm talking about me and you, but like. 
there's a little bit of, well, <laughs> like with our show art, there's a little bit of Venn diagram about like comportment in terms of like how we think you should treat other people, I think. Like, uh, whatever, we're not Boy Scouts, but I think we both tend to agree that you should be respectful and kind toward other people. The things that we want to be respectful and kind about are sometimes quite different. But but those came together at the idea of, hey, if somebody talks to me on Twitter and it's obvious that they're both, they like what I do and they're not a jerk, of course I'm going to talk to them. How in the world would I not talk to them? I hope it's what Kay Hanley from uh, Letters to Cleo thought when she talked to me. It's like, this guy doesn't seem like the worst in the world. He's probably not going to threaten my life if I say thank you for that compliment. But what a lovely thing to do. And why would you not? Wouldn't you love to be that person? You know? But then you can't see it. And now maybe people are bummed that you didn't respond where you normally would have before. You didn't play in the way you used to play. Yeah, that's a, that's another reason that I'm that I, that I'm on all the other services. I'm always looking at my replies or my at mentions to see if someone on there, because I'm, I can't control where everybody else is and it's fragmented. So I have to say, if people on some service that I don't use are trying to get in touch with me there because they think I'm there because I have an account, I need to at least be there to find them. And to the extent that those services actually show me their replies, I will do that. But Twitter long ago basically stopped showing me almost anything. I'm still, I still check my Twitter app mentions every once in a while one yes. comes up, but, it's, but like, I, I know for a fact, like, but again, John Gruber has way more followers than I do. And both of us around the exact same time, our at mentions went from hundreds to zero yeah. and just stayed that way forever. And so it's like, well, that's not, that's not because people left. That's not because anything changed about the service. This was ages ago. This was not recent. It's probably right? not any one reason, but cha- a change to that, if you like algorithm, would have to be a huge part of it. Or, or, or it could just be broken. Like, that's the easier answer is they just broke crap, right? It just it has nothing to over, do with it. It can't just change to an algorithm. Overload, over li- over limit, and like just they like drop just, stuff. It's bugs. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. they just broke some part of the system and it just stopped working for its intended purpose. Not because they made a change yeah. to the algorithm, not because they did something they wanted right, to right, pay right. for Twitter blue, but like literally they just <laughs> broke some crap. Right. And it would only it's show like up gun, as broken. A gunshot through the windshield is not technically a car repair. Yeah. And, and it's something that would only show up to somebody who gets lots of at mentions, like, you know, someone who's not the average user who gets one or two mentions a day, but who yes. gets hundreds, right? Yes. You're going to notice when that drops to zero. Yes. yes. Whereas a regular person who gets one at mention a week is not going to notice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, or it could have been intentional. Who knows? But anyway, it stopped being fit for purpose. And so anyway, I, I go on all the other services. I look at my app mentions there. Are they showing up me all my app mentions? I have no freaking idea. But it's like yeah. if people are reaching out to me somewhere, especially since they're so small in number, if there's one or two people who reply and ask me a question about my camera lenses on threads, I'll reply to them on threads. Sure. Because I'm trying to meet my audience where they are. Well, and especially during this kind of difficult transition time, that seems like a pretty cool and mellow thing to do right alongside a kind of sweaty thing to do that we're all going to do until we settle a little bit more into one place. Roderick told a story a few years ago, and as always, you got to take it with a grain of salt, but I, this really, it landed with me. And he had, he got abraded by a friend of his, this woman who was like, what is wrong with you? Blah, 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 blah. And I don't remember the exact particulars. You might, but, but what had happened was <laughs> this woman had contacted John about something. It might've been just like an invitation to the, to a barbecue, but just the point of the point of the story is that she was really, really mad. And I think, you know what it might have been like, can you get me into a concert tonight? Might have been the message. But the person took it very personally and felt very much like ignored by John. Now, what I've left out of this until right now is to say she sent that to John, I don't know what it's called, some kind of a message on Facebook. And I think this was at the point when Facebook was already two different apps. But basically, to, to use my terminology, that would be like, uh, sending me a notice to do jury duty in my cubby hole in first grade. 
Like, I'm not there. I haven't been there. In this instance, oddly enough, it's even worse because I've never been there. And never in a million years would I go look for anything. on my, My account is deactivated. If you could still, you know what I'm saying? But like, that's an example of what you're talking about. Tears and rain. Yeah, I've had the same thing happen to me. Um, and people like it's the type of thing that if you try to explain it, like the person who's angry at you because you didn't see the super important thing, it was it sounds on like Facebook. An excuse because you're in it. They sent they sent it to me in Facebook, and I don't use or check Facebook. I do have a Facebook account, but I don't look at it. Right? And someone was super angry that I didn't see a thing that happened on Facebook. <sighs> and the, you can't go to that person and say, "Let me explain to you, I don't use Facebook," because it's like saying, "Let me explain to you, I don't use gravity." Right? It's like it doesn't make no, any. It doesn't I, the joke I made on Twitter years ago, uh, I was doing the Michael Lop format. I was like, I say, uh, I don't really use Facebook. And you hear, I live amongst the hill people who worship a goat. Well, that's not quite the format, but I already know what you're talking about. Hmm. I don't think, I think, I think you should do it less. He should do it less. It's not effective. He's, he hasn't done that in ages though, actually. And by the way, uh, you know, strictly about the follow-up, I was sad to hear hmm. that, uh, that Paul said that they don't do the blah, blah, blah is the uh, name of my blank cover band. They tend not to do that gag anymore intentionally. Like not that it's they retired it it's entirely. It's a little played. It's like Exxon acid. I know, but like the whole, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, Kristen Shaw's a horse. Like it was overplayed, <laughs> but then it wrapped around, it wrapped around dance. again. Look at it go. Look at it, I think, like I think. Is my blank cover ran wrapped around at least two times, but I feel like it's been giving a, a respectful retirement. You know, the, the thing is that you can't make rules about this, John. I know this must frustrate you. You mm-hmm. you would love to have a Turing complete way to deal with the world, but but there's no jokes that are off limit because there they may at some point wrap back around, and like you never you never know what it's going to be. There's just patterns that tend to work, and let's focus on the patterns that 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 one is better at than the other ones. You really should not be attempting. You know, if you're if you if you've got a like my kid, a third level cleric, and you're trying to do expedition to the barrier peaks, woof, Br- bring a paladin and a friend. He's a he's a third level cleric now. He's na- oh, you know what he's named after? Like, is that code for something? Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> on the Millennial Dictionary. No, you know, uh, you know that slug. His name his name is Claude. There's a slug in one of the movies. He's like a he's like a biped slug. And he has exactly, I know this, he has exactly 30 seconds of Star Wars screen time because mm-hmm. uh, Google uh, Slug Claude title. And because uh, and, he has 34 seconds of screen time and, and Billy's watched it many, many times. Anyway, as a cleric who's a hippie. Uh, the cleric used to be in a cult but didn't know it was a cult at the time. A cleric who's a hippie? That seems redundant. I'll follow feedback. Saving throw my ass. Mm-hmm. 